What is this? He says nine minutes ago. Uh, right before we started recording, just got uh the notification on the OpenAI Discord server that now they have a text video. Anything uh unique other than you know it's OpenAI? The it looks pretty good in these previews. Yeah. Um. It really does look good from at least what I'm seeing on the website. I mean, you and I are seeing this for the first time. I had zero time to uh, prep for this. Really Multiple nice. characters, specific types of motion, accurate details of the subject and background. Uh, I mean, that sounds like what I'd be looking for. Uh, looking at, uh, scroll down a little bit, there is historical footage of California during the gold rush, and it's panning around. I mean... This looks really good. It does, and it, it's long as well. I, I feel like a lot of the things I see are, you know, two seconds, and they're great two seconds. We're not seeing, yeah, not, this isn't a four-second clip. Um, exactly. And one thing that is great about all OpenAI products is they tend to have a real API behind them, whereas a lot of things, like MidJourney, I love MidJourney. I use MidJourney all the time. MidJourney's no great. A, no API. There's no way to programmatically, legally, integrated right. with whatever you're building. They'll kick you off if they find out that you're using they some will. sort Insta, of... It's an Insta yeah. ban. Yep. All right. We'll, uh, we will investigate we'll and, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to it. How's it going? Welcome welcome back. It's good to see you again. Uh, are you seeing me in R, VR, AR, oh, SR? Yeah. I'm, I'm in Have we settled mode. on SR for spatial reality uh, maybe? Hold on a second. I'm going to take it off. You Wait, you tried these out, right? I did. We'll talk about All right. that. Start talking. Tell me what, what you saw while, while I reset here. Okay. The real me. Yeah, that wasn't for those me. of you who are watching this. You can see me shake my head. For those that of you listening, persona. you can hear me talking about shaking my head. Didn't want to talk while he couldn't hear me. So yesterday, I went in. Uh, you were talking up a. I'm not going to say a big game. You were talking a mild to medium game uh, about the Apple Vision Pro. Other people online have been saying wildly varying things, from this is absolutely the future and I'm in it now, to media stunts like wearing it outside, to this is not great and I'm going to return it, which we'll talk about that some. But let's talk about me first and my okay. experiences with you it. You saw the light. I saw a lot of light, varying levels of light as it was testing my eye tracking, uh, which was a really interesting thing. We'll come mm -hmm. back to that. Uh, but overall, um, it's, it's a really nice headset. If you're going to say head-to-head, -head, is it the one thing that I care about is the number of pixels. Is it a higher pixel density than the Quest 3? If not, yes, which I'm pretty sure it is a yes. It's uh, substantially it, higher. Yeah, it, it looks like it. I mean, uh, there wasn't a screen door effect. People have been saying, oh, the screen door effect is a lot lessened on, you know, the such and such, a new version of something, the index, you know, from Valve. Um, I, I didn't see one. There just straight up wasn't one in this, uh, which was incredible. I mean, like, this is, if you want visual fidelity of the world around you, uh, we we did it. We got there. The lighting might have been a little bit off, uh, but, like, they really, really nailed that. So, I plop the thing on. Yeah. Some beautiful text being written in space. Hello. You know, welcome to Apple. They're testing mm -hmm. to uh, to track where your eyes are, which was almost exactly the same experience as the PSVR 2, uh, which I recently tried. And uh, you get a hexagon of dots to look at, and then on the PSVR 2, click a button, and then with the Apple Vision Pro, while you're looking at it, pinch, and you do that uh, two or three times with varying levels of light intensity. This is presumably so that the thing can see your eyes and then track them 
accurately. I have a question about that, which I don't think either of us is able to answer, but I'd be very curious to know the answer, which is, after you do that, what happens if you move the headset even the tiniest bit on your face? Is it... They said at the Apple store, you wouldn't have to go through that process again. That's a one-time setup per person. I'm not 100% sure that I believe that that is the correct solution because if you're wearing it ever so slightly differently while your eyes, you know, look the same, it needs to know what your pupils are or whatever it is that it's doing on the inside. Uh, surely all the angles would now be off, wouldn't they? Well, it still is. It knows where your pupils are. I mean, uh, the like image recognition problem of identifying someone's eyes in an image was solved a very long time ago. So I imagine their ability to locate where your pupils are on your face and then adjust the customization uh, that you previously went through to work, that that seems completely plausible. I certainly haven't noticed any, you know, we'll call it drift as uh, okay. as as I move the the screen around. Now, I haven't tried it very intentionally. I mean, it would seem to be an easy thing to test. Just shift it over a little bit and see whether mm -hmm. it still is, is tracking your eyes. Yeah, uh, it did a really good job of eye tracking with exactly one exception. I was trying to click on one icon and it wasn't working and it wasn't like kind of light highlighting it so that you know that it knows that you're looking at it. And I looked down at like the lower right corner of it instead and then it highlighted just fine. But that was like up in the corner of uh, of yeah. the vision sort of space. Sometimes you just have to look harder, which is a, a I don't know if that's going to come through in audio, but I'm squinting real hard. <laughs> looking, that, just looking sometimes you hard. have to. There's another thing with it that um you know I, I remember like like when you first got your first iPhone or Android you know typing on the glass was a challenging thing um and then you know over yeah. time uh, now type really really fast on that little glass keyboard and also uh Apple and Google got much better at when you were off predicting what you intended to do um and I think I highly suspect that there's a good amount of Apple now in the vision predicting what you're looking at so it's like yeah we're close to this you did the you did the tap tappy um we're gonna we're gonna predict that this is what you meant to be looking at um, yeah the same as like the swipe on a keyboard where you may not get it a hundred percent your your finger never actually went over the p in the word apple but it it knew what you were going for uh i'm sure they're doing something like that on the back end any uh, other I uh, talk yeah yeah Go ahead. yeah so um Going through the demo, they had me try a few different, you know, immersive scenes and whatever. One of the big things that they showed off was uh, looking at photos. 2D photos is what they started with. Ooh, they look very nice on a pane floating in front of you. And it does yeah. almost look like a, a big banner or, you know, painting something like it doesn't have a mm -hmm. gilded edge. But like, you know, it's floating in space. It almost feels like it actually belongs in that space. So they did a very good job of matching the lighting and matching just kind of the vibe of what this is supposed to be in space around you. And then they showed some 3D photos. They called them something else, probably spatial photos. Mm -hmm. um, and there were two versions of that. One was pictures and then video taken by someone actually wearing the Vision mm -hmm. Pro. And the other were ones taken from uh, an iPhone 15, I believe. And there was a difference between those two. The iPhone 15 was... Uh, there's two different kinds of like 3D in movies, generally speaking, where there's like one of them, I don't remember the name, where you see a window and then there's like depth going into that window. 
mm-hmm. wasn't exactly what the iPhone one was, but it felt like that compared to the video taken from the uh, Vision Pro. The Vision Pro, it was not like I felt like I was there reliving the moment, but ooh, it was pretty close. It yeah. was very, very good. They showed, I think, just like they showed at one of the uh, early show-offs uh, for the hardware, a kid blowing out candles at like a birthday party. And while very technically impressive, I stopped the demo, turned to the guy next to me. There's a very interesting thing where without taking it off, without changing the the screen that you're looking at, it will let a person's face that you're looking at mm-hmm. kind of like slowly come into being near you. And so I turned to the guy that I'm uh, working with here, as it were, and I said, please tell me that you can take these pictures and video without actually wearing the headset. He said you can. I'm, I really hope that's the case. Because it wasn't I, a very strong and immediate yes that he said, but I really hope you could say, you know, click in three seconds, this will start taking video, put it down, now I can watch my child actually blow out her own candles instead yeah. of looking, frankly, like a goober wearing that at my own child's birthday party related to that so i have a i was wearing the headset and i recorded a video here in my office and kind of walked around and looked at some things and uh then you know, a couple of days later i was down in my garage playing playing around with, with the apple headset and uh i was like oh let me watch that video and i watched it and you know as you said it it's kind of capturing exactly what your eyes were looking at and seeing and then replaying that back into your eyes, the this the, uh, a very not closest maybe, but a, a reasonable uh, uh, copy of the signal that previously went into your eyes. So it's there, especially when it's your video. There's a weird thing of like feeling like you you are experiencing it again. And I actually forgot that I was in the garage. Now I don't know like if this is just you're losing your mind kind of thing, but I forgot. <laughs> When I, I I was in like it was a, a like you know a couple of hours and, and during part of it I watched that video and when I took the headset off I forgot that I was down in, in the garage I thought I was up here in my office and uh, I think the reason why is because I watched a video where my eyes saw me in the office I was, and I was just I was like well I mean that is that's how you experience the world like what how do I know where I am right now only because it's what I'm seeing. And right. so once and you start showing me something fidelity, else, you're not seeing it through a screen door. It, it's like yeah. you're seeing it. Right. It is. It is the like it is as close to the direct feed from my eyes and way closer than, than an iPhone video or even a giant film camera. It's it's pretty darn close to the direct feed of what my eyes are seeing. You showed, as you mentioned, this like a rotation. Were you rotating the camera as you were taking video or was this like a static uh, viewpoint. I put the headset on. I walked all around my office. I looked back at like my different books and like some little knickknacks that are around okay. just to kind of like, we'll call it capture the memory. Um, and, the, and then, you know, again, a few days later, I'm down in the garage and right. like, you know, I haven't watched any of those videos. Let me, let me try watching one. Did you um, feel a need to be turning as the view turned or? I did not. Um, I've heard people say that the spatial videos uh are bad at um creating motion sickness i okay. do not experience any of that and as you know i i do have a lot of motion sickness uh challenges in vr um mm-hmm. especially flying around golf courses but uh uh i did not get any i was i was i was rock solid watching it and no yeah i didn't have to turn i just sat there watching i was like yeah it's kind of interesting 
but okay. this triggered something in my head and and I magically transported back back up to my office. And those magic moments are what all of the product managers over at Google are absolutely hoping for. So that's all good. But now I want to start getting into the not as good. Okay. One of the next demos that they showed me uh, was it, it, they were really hyping it up. It was being able to see videos like you're in uh, a movie theater. And I started watching, you know, a clip from uh, Avatar. It was beautiful. It was like being in your own theater and you could change sort of where you are relative to, a, you know, theater sort of space. Am I high up? Am I close? Am I off to the left? Okay, the so you right? were, they you... have like a virtual theater environment. It's it's a very nondescript theater. Yeah, but it, it didn't have like, like seats. Box. It was more just the hint of being in a theater yeah. with a yeah. lot of gray around you, right? And And that was really nice for watching movies. But then they wanted to show me, oh, this is a whole other sort of experience. And I was plopped into a 180-degree video uh, viewer. So not watching a 3D video, but rather watching like from one of those GoPros or something that has the 180 degrees of vision. There were a variety of things that they were sort of cycling through, you know, in six, ten-second clips. A person walking across a tightrope, someone singing like jazz at a bar. It, It was just a... 3D, 180-degree video viewer. They were absolutely acting as though they're the first ones to have come up with this. Every VR viewer has that. All of them. Yeah, I think the thing... So I I believe it's something very far from a GoPro. They may have even sort of, like, developed some of their own camera technology. And I believe everything's sort of recorded in 8K. They did Um, mention 8K. That 8K content on their highest-resolution lenses you've ever seen... Um, I think that's supposed to be the significance of it. I have watched, there's like four or five of the videos that they've put out now. I, I think you were watching what you're describing. Is sort of, they have this trailer which shows you little clips from all of them. Um, but It looks you, great. Don't get me wrong. It looked great, but it was just a 180 degree video viewer. That's correct. Yeah, I, yes. I was sort of astonished at how much they were hyping up. Like, this is going to be this amazing experience. You've never seen anything like this before. Yes, I have. This isn't a higher resolution, but I've absolutely seen this, literally this before. Well, there are some rumors that, that uh, they've, they, there, there was a rumor that they have been filming some of their shows because Apple produces a number of shows for their Apple, whatever called Apple TV plus or something that they've mm-hmm. been filming. They've been secretly filming their shows with this technology and it will turn on magically when in the uh, vision rolls out that didn't happen. So I suspect that wasn't the case, sure. but uh, I do imagine in the future we will see some uh, more long form, Work. What I'm really interested in, though, are those spatial videos for events, any kind of event, be it a sports show or a you know live auditorium, political speeches, uh, music, anything. But being able to see that in a way where you feel like you're actually transported to that location. Now that I could absolutely see being kind of a, a killer use of the technology. Yeah, if they if they could maintain that level of quality right it's not mm-hmm. some giant pixelated junk and they do all those videos stream in so it is while i'm sure it's high bit rate it's not it's not impossible that you could stream at that quality and yeah your courtside front row at live events yeah it's probably pretty cool i could absolutely imagine yeah um, i watched to... the uh the super bowl on mine 
Really? Um, and, yeah. Was it in two D or like a floating window, or was it a giant was there a 3D screen cast in two D? But but a giant, okay. giant, giant, giant screen. Um, and uh, and I don't. I'll I'll go to go to a sports game, but I do not watch a lot of sports on TV. Sure. Um, but I I was uh, uh I don't know I, I don't know captured captured brought in do you absorbed watch it? is there a Paramount app or YouTube TV so that's my oh. somewhat cable provider um and uh, there's no app so you just go to their website and bring it up and they have a four they had a 4K stream okay so brought up the 4K stream um and uh watched it i was like this is actually a pretty good experience and by the way i was working simultaneously so i had my virtual mac screen in front of me uh writing code and then behind it the <laughs> giant 100 inch plus uh screen you know floating there yeah. in the uh in the clouds over the mountains the window management is really good it's absolutely worth noting uh being able to move resize place them around have multiple ones up have them half overlapped with one another uh and all in a very intuitive interface i will absolutely hand it hand it to uh, apple they made it very easy to interact with the thing everything that they were telling me during the onboarding process immediately made sense and it was probably what i was going to try first anyways zoom you know after you know that click is tapping in space okay zoom is tap with two things and go in or out right yes that's it okay great Um, now you mentioned watching the super bowl with this thing on Mm-hmm. The whole Super Bowl? The whole Super Bowl. I couldn't imagine wearing this thing for more than about 30 minutes. Yeah. It was extremely uncomfortable. I've kind of forgotten about it now, but I definitely remember. I mean, I messaged you immediately after I put it on. I was like, wow, this thing's heavy. Um, <laughs> and I, I haven't gone. I still haven't gone back to the quest to get that, like, re- remembrance of what the other side is like, especially in terms I- of lightness. Um, but yeah, it's, it's heavy and you notice it. It was less the weight specifically for me and more the, uh, it it was on my forehead. Like I, I asked them, Hey, maybe I have this on slightly wrong. How should I adjust this? Oh, move the strap up or down. Which strap were you using? The one that goes, the, that's in the marketing material. I guess I have that one on right now. Yeah. The one that just goes behind your head. This one. So, right. That's what they had for the demo. Tried that on, um, comfortable strap. Really nice. It felt high quality, uh, but moving it up, moving it down, moving it around, tightening, loosening. Uh, it, this thing was, if I wanted it to be staying in place on my face, it was digging into my forehead. Now, okay. maybe if I try moving it around a little bit more or I was doing something slightly wrong, we can figure it out. But having a person who was trained to have this be the first experience for people at an Apple store uh, was not able to get it into a comfortable state on my face did they have the other straps so you could try it on or they did um, not it's just uh, the, they said just that you the can one. buy them though it does come with it uh if you if you, if you make the four thousand dollar purchase you do get the uh, both straps okay uh i would definitely try with that other strap see if that made a big difference um i realized i was just sort of talking about the negatives there is one other positive that i brought okay. up and i think we talked about this last time which is on the meta quest if you hold something close to your face there's Mm -hmm. like a warping around that thing the thing that's closer to your face seems to always be the priority of the device to be in high quality and focus and everything around it kind of gets warped that was not the case on the apple vision pro that was straight up not there it was like real binocular vision on a 
human being where you hold the thing up and you can see if you're focusing behind it sort of two of the thing. Granted, it was farther apart because I think the camera lenses are like farther apart than human eyes. But it was the exact same sort of focusing trick that humans have. And I don't know why the Quest 3 doesn't do that, but it was an absolute difference. Uh, In terms of visual fidelity, this thing knocks its socks off. In terms of would I want to wear it for a decent amount of time, not as much. And then a fairly big thing, games. I asked, are there games on this? And they said, yes, absolutely. Here, open this up. It was an iPhone app. It was one of those, you know, the things coming at you and you have to move your guy out of the way, the infinite runners. It was just an iPhone app projected onto a screen in space. They are really not pushing games as a mainstream use of this spatial computing device. There are games, Mm. but it's... I guess, uh, I mean, the iPhone now has, is, you know, Game Central... But it's, it's right. like the Mac has been for many years where the games are few and far between. Um, but so probably like the, I don't know, for me, the most promising one. So there's a, they do Fruit Ninja, which has existed since, you know, pretty close to the beginning of VR. But what is cool about it is that uh, without any setup on your side, it's just looking at your room, you know, naturally. But it doesn't have you go around and scan or do this. All of a sudden, all around you are all these animals just running running around your space, and fruit is appearing, and as you're slicing it with your hand, the animals are, like, eating little bits of fruit, and, and okay. there's this, like, weird magi, magician, wizard guy that's just standing in the room with you and, and you know, telling you how to do things. The game, although a lot of games for me aren't super interesting, was not interesting at all, but I was like, hey, hold on a second. There may be something here. Um, I'm now like a little bit more uh, believing that there could there could be a gaming future on the Quest. Uh, sorry, the Vision Pro, but we probably won't see that until they bring out the more consumer friendly version at the consumer friendly price point. Because with some controllers, the people spending four thousand dollars aren't really interested in playing Fruit Ninja. Yeah, it really seems like they are not targeting gaming and gamers with this. This is to watch photos and uh, spatial photos that you've taken uh, to use the keynote app, maybe to watch the Super Bowl while you're coding uh, to wear almost while you're doing other stuff. But so you mentioned watching the Super Bowl, you mentioned walking around your space and taking this video. Something that I've heard is this is not a very friendly device for walking around in a large space. Have you encountered anything with that? Walking around when you say a large space, you mean a large public space or you mean well, uh, I more meant around like one's living room. You know, the there were mentions early on that the people getting development kits and so on were told you get like a few feet in each direction. You're not allowed to go farther oh, than that. No, not at all. You can you can walk anywhere with it. And unlike okay. the um, the quest, which constantly like reminds you that you've left your uh, your 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 barrier space. Like there's no there is no concept of of a virtual guardian in uh, the Vision Pro. The most it does is when it's putting you into a real VR environment, it says, hey, be aware of your surroundings. But and that's so when it's taking up uh, when when it's not in uh, we'll call it, I guess, augmented mode. When it's in the pure virtual mode, you get one warning, but there is no virtual guardian. They've completely gotten rid of that. So, yeah, strap it on. Go wherever you want, um, including outside. And there's just there's no issues. Okay. Uh, I'm glad to hear that they ironed that out. 
So that's everything that I kind of have about this. Personally, I don't know if I'm willing to be in this first generation. I know some folks have the same feelings that I do, might come around for version two. Uh, but there's also a really famous person who has their own particular skin in the game who had some thoughts. Who's that? Let's, uh... Guys, so I finally tried Apple's Vision Pro. And, you know, I have to... It's, uh, it's, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Hey! The uh, famous uh, founder of uh, one-time Facebook, now Meta. He's got some thoughts. I have to say that before this, I expected that Quest would be the better value for most people since it's really good and it's like seven times less expensive. Uh, But after using it, I don't just think that Quest is the better value. I think that Quest is the better product, period. And, you know, the different companies made different design decisions for the headsets. They have different strengths. But overall, Quest is better for the vast majority of things that people use mixed reality for. Agree or disagree? That's an interesting claim. I've done very, very little mixed reality with the Quest. I've also not seen any... Well, no, I guess kind of the main vibe with the Vision Pro is the mixed reality or spatial computing or whatever they want to call it, which is stuff floating in what appears to be your real space. Um, The Quest is the better value overall. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that statement, but that it's just better overall for mixed reality experiences. Uh, Again, outside of the pure economic proposition, which I can, I'll buy that, you know, dollar for dollar, it outperforms. But when we separate the dollars from the conversation, I don't think there's a comparison. And I think he's suggesting that even if you separate the dollars, they're still coming yeah. out ahead. I don't know. I, I, to say. Now, my friend Kenny is actually capturing this video on Quest's high resolution mixed reality pass through right now. We're, we're just here in my living room and you, know, you can see his, his browser windows and whatever else he's got running up here. Uh, So yeah, Quest 3 does high-quality pass-through with big screens, uh, just like Vision Pro. Is it just like Vision Pro? It is like Vision Pro. I think that is an accurate statement. It is like Vision Pro. It is not as high-quality as the Vision Pro in terms of the just the quality number of pixels, in terms of the, uh, the placement of the individual windows being able to move them around that kind of thing the interface and the quality of what you're literally seeing vision pro is absolutely the winner zuckerberg has gotten a lot of uh, accolades online for this video that he posted um with lots of people commenting on how you know in theory this was all just entirely off the cuff he's hanging out at home with sure. his friend and just happens to be nothing is scripted and he's <laughs> you know turn the video on i'm going to share a few thoughts right like everyone in the media seems to have accepted that. I could just call BS on that. Like th- no way, no way that there was zero kind of PR involved in this and like sketching out what, what they're going to say, what they're not going to say. All right, we'll, we'll continue. Pro, But we also designed it to be great for a lot of other things. Uh, moving around, playing games, um, hanging out with friends and socializing, working out um, and more. Those are good points and things that don't exist on the, on the Apple vision. Hanging yep. out, socializing, playing games. And the Quest is legitimately good at that stuff. And probably best in class from a VR uh, standpoint. I've sat at a virtual poker table with you and played some hands. We've gone uh, mini golfing. We've done some other things as well. It's in terms of a social experience, you can plop someone else in. You see their avatar. You know, there's VR chat and things like that. Uh, until we see something like that for the vision pro 
100% in terms of uh, meta winning this part of the argument. I've seen some videos online purporting to be VR chat running on the vision, suggesting that it's under very active development and it is coming. Um, sure. The videos I've seen online look, I, so I've actually never played with VR chat. I'm, I'm very aware of it, but I've never, I've never played with it, but suggesting that those experiences are coming and that there's nothing limiting it from a hardware perspective. It's just, it's right. so new and they haven't got around to it. They're working on it. It'll be out soon. All right. Well, back, back, back to the video. Quest, you know, I think it's just a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, we designed it to weigh 120 grams less, which makes a really big difference on your face. Um, there's no wires that get in the way when you move around. It's a big deal. Our field of view is is wider, and I found our screen to be brighter also. Everything except the last point. I, I, the screen might be brighter, but I don't sense that it's brighter. But everything else you said, it's lighter, more comfortable. The wider field of view. Did you note that at all in your demo? Could you tell that you were looking through a, a more narrow window? Is more like you're, you know, you're wearing your uh, binoculars. Yes, it was like wearing. Um, well, the thing looks like ski goggles. It kind of felt like you were looking through ski goggles. So it was not as wide a vision as the uh, the Quest Three, but I think it was wide enough. Uh, especially mm -hmm. from like a maybe not having much in the way of games perspective. Maybe that's where people tend to care about these things more. But a higher quality vision that there is not as much of seemed all right to me in terms of like a trade-off. Uh, I do think that the quest was brighter for sure, though. Okay. When I go back, when I go back to the quest, I, I will I will evaluate this uh, this theory. I just know that I went, uh, and maybe it's the um, uh, because the Apple Vision supports HDR, so it has like an incredibly high nit rating. Right, they always talk about how many mm. how many nits of light it can do, but oftentimes those you know when they talk sixteen hundred nits, twenty six hundred nits, three thousand nits, you only see those nits um, in an HDR video where there's a very bright piece of the screen, and they're not able to keep it up the entire time. So maybe that's where some of the from a technical spec perspective, um, Apple has the higher nits, but you only see it under very specific conditions. It didn't feel like it in terms of the usage that I have run into for the Quest 3 and the Vision Pro. I also noticed that you know Apple's headset has this motion blur as you move around, which um, Quest is just a lot crisper. Disagree. Motion? I never, I've never seen this. And it's not crisper. Now, yeah, it's not crisper. No, uh, I think the vision does a better job of when I was moving my head, the, there may have been a bit of a blur effect, but it felt less like I was seeing individual frames of a video being sent to my eyes yeah. as opposed on to the quest. If I'm, and I have done this to sort of test out like the, the mixed reality aspects of it, um, walked around and if you turn your head, and especially if you turn your head while something's kind of closer to you, you can absolutely see and feel the individual frames in between. Apple has straight up done a better job of it uh, being easier to forget that you're wearing a device that is having to draw frames per second. That might involve some blurring, but it was extremely compelling. One of the tech specs that Apple pushes is there's a 9 millisecond lag between... Uh, video or light hitting the camera on the outside and it being processed around and hitting your eye on the inside. It's and really for comparison, fast. a quest is closer to about 30 milliseconds of, of delay between. Yeah. Yeah. Now Apple screen does have a higher resolution 
and and that's that's really nice. But I was surprised by how many trade-offs they had to make to the quality of the device and the comfort and ergonomics um, and other aspects of the display and artifacts in order to get to that. Now for input, Quest supports uh, precision controllers that are great for games. Um, both headsets support hand tracking, but you know I found ours to be a little more accurate. The Quest's more accurate hand tracking? The Quest hand tracking definitely works, but I don't find it to be great by a long shot. It isn't. It is not great by it's a tolerable. long shot. It is tolerable by a shot. Um, and That's a good point. It's not even. It's not even okay. Like it's. It's not great. But you can. You can make it work if you, yeah. you try enough. We've had plenty of instances in workrooms where one's hands would start to, you know, spaz out in uh, space. Or I would, if I ever wanted to lean forward and like put my hands on top of one another, and I'm, you know, hands on the table. No idea what's going on with that. Granted, I didn't see what that ended up looking like from the Vision Pro's perspective, uh, but it. Yeah, uh, hopefully they're doing better than tolerable usually. More accurate. Apple's eye tracking is really nice. Um, we, we actually had those sensors back in Quest Pro. We took them out for Quest 3, and we're going to bring them back in the future. Um, it's a nice interface. It's not perfect for everything, though. For typing or complex tasks, um, you're going to want... Did you try typing at all? I did do a little bit of typing. They showed me the browser, and uh, I tried typing Apple, and I accidentally put two A's. Uh pretty easily i think that the typing in mixed reality whatever you want to call it on the quest is a little bit more refined the interface is better from apple's perspective but uh actually like tapping on something in a virtual space i i think i'm giving the win to meta All right. want uh things like hands or a keyboard or controllers or eventually a neural interface for those kind of inputs quest's immersive content library is a lot deeper you know, we've been working with studios. Is this still supposed to be the off-the-cuff thing? We're, we're seeing a cutscene now. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more and more suspicious that uh, this is just a Zuck in his, uh, in his basement. I mean, you uh, had this queued up, you know, just in case we were going to talk about it, right? You always absolutely. have a bunch of videos and That's how it works. comics ready to go. Uh, building virtual and mixed reality games and other content for a long time now. And if you want to watch YouTube or play Xbox on a big screen anywhere you go... Uh, that's only available on Quest for now. So, you know, when I look around, it, it seems like there are a lot of people who just assumed that Vision Pro would be higher quality because it's Apple and it costs $3,000 more. But, you know, honestly, I'm pretty surprised that Quest is so much better for the vast majority of things that people use these headsets for with that price differential. I think that can be a legitimate argument there because it's so yeah. much cheaper. I mean, it, it, it's... It's basically because it's so much cheaper. Like there's an ad at the end. It's because it's so much cheaper. It is a ton cheaper, but also in terms of what most people want out of one of the out of a headset to wear. I think games is a pretty big component of that personally. Maybe it isn't always going to be true, but certainly right now it is. And so if you say I want to get a VR headset and you neglect yeah. to use the spatial computing term that Apple is and you're conflating those two together. If you want something that you could play a bunch of games in and use browsers and maybe try to do a little bit of work, I think the edge still goes to uh, the quest. But if you're saying, I'm going to use this for work sort of first and foremost, which you've mentioned you can do. I don't know if everyone wants to, but if you were going to, that is probably one of the cases where you'd give the win to Apple. 
Now, look, I, I know that you know some fanboys get upset whenever anyone dares to, to question if Apple's going to be the leader in a new category. But the reality is, is that every generation of computing has an open and a closed model. And yeah, in mobile, Apple's closed model one. But it's not always that way. If you go back to the PC era, uh, Microsoft's open model was the winner. And in this next generation, Meta is going to be the open model. And I really want to make sure that the open model wins out again. Is Meta the open model? I'm not really sure why they're saying open model. Maybe it's because they allow sideloading of apps. They allow sideloading of apps, but like it's not. It's very challenging to sideload apps. You got to download things and sure. go into configurations. I mean, I assume that's their argument that technically you can sideload, but technically you can sideload on an Apple device too. You just have to sign the um, the binaries. You know, download the developer kit, sign the binaries, and you can send them over to a device. You can right. sideload, and honestly, that's not that much different than how it works on a Quest. I don't have you sideloaded on your Quest at all. A couple of times, yeah, yeah. You got to like download the what I can't remember the name of the program. Um, and I think you had I try to remember back. I think I had like have like something running on my computer, and then there was a again an app that I ran on the device, and I had to like enable right. USB debugging mode, and uh, and then I that I could install the uh, extra apps. I I guess that's what they mean, but I don't I don't see them as being very open. I mean, not yep. not very closed, but it doesn't seem like a differentiator to me. I'd like the them to. The future is not yet written. Sorry, I, I'd like them to define a bit better what they mean by open. Uh, I, I don't think of either of them as a particularly open company. Well, Perzuk, the future is not yet written. <laughs> so, you know, I want to take a moment to just thank everyone who's been building with us for more than a decade. Um, that goes for both Quest and uh, the Ray-Ban Meta glasses, which are doing way better than I even hoped that they would. Um, you know, as the old saying goes. The best way to predict the future. I guess I got cut off there, but the best way to predict the future is to build it. Is I to see. build it. That was the uh, that was the, the takeaway there. Yeah, so uh, I guess this is, Zuck is uh, he's returning his headset. Um, those uh, he he is a multi 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 billionaire, but um, you know everyone has their limits, and uh, he's not he's not dropping 4K on a uh, Apple Vision. There's a line in the sand for sure. He may have a bit of a vested interest in publicly showing off that he's returning it of course but it would also return it if i'd bought one uh we started off the show with some uh open ai breaking news um but uh open open ai's borderline infamous uh, uh leader was recently speaking let's see i think i got a clip of that maybe i i, I was sort of laughing a little bit because this is going to sound like a annoying answer but i think it is the important part it's going to be smarter He's talking about are, uh, the next version of GPT, GPT-5, and, like, why? what's it going to do? There are all of these other things, you know, we can talk about. It'll be better at these kind of tasks. It'll be multimodal. It'll be faster. What, what, you know, who knows what. But the, the thing that I think really matters is it's going to be smarter. And this is a bigger deal than it sounds, right? Because what, what makes these models so magical is that they're, they're general. Um, and so... If it's a little bit better, if it's a little bit smarter, that means it's a little bit better at everything. And the thing that I think is most exciting is it's not like this model is going to get a little better at this task and not really better at these or, you know, it's not that. It's it's because we're going to make the model smarter. It's going to be better at everything across the board. Is being smarter the the, the killer feature of the next uh, uh, GPT model? Is that is that enough to keep their market lead? I think 
smarter is a hard question or a, a hard thing to define. And we'll probably have to dig a lot more into this. Maybe we can give it a whole episode, maybe multiple episodes. But GPT 3.5 wasn't very good at math. GPT 4 has gotten sort of better at it. There are different local models that people have made that are really good at specific tasks like coding or role play or or different well anything that you're really looking to have it do but to a lot of people maybe smarter means more integrations with external services and being able to with natural language do more um maybe it just means that it's better at understanding the intent behind what you were asking and a lot of this kind of comes down to how did they tune it with a whole bunch of examples of text goes in this kind of text is rated higher than the other one that it made and just keep pushing in that direction. I think they have a gajillion users. They're getting a lot of data that they can use to continuously improve these models. Yeah. If anyone can do it, I think it is them. But also, so can a lot of other people. And we're seeing that in the market. A lot of other companies are making some huge strides as well. Um, I think using the term smarter when it comes to marketing materials is an easy one and an accurate one to make. But we're going to have to start thinking about more specifics of what kinds of intelligence and under what circumstances those kinds of intelligence matter. I have an alternate theory of, uh, of what's going on. I'm not sure that I believe it, but it, it is an alternate theory. So when, um, when Sam was getting ousted, uh, one of the talk tracks going around of, of one of the potential reasons why was they've discovered AGI and he didn't properly inform the right. board. Um, and you know, he's about to unleash or could potentially unleash this, you know, thing that would destroy all of humanity. And then even, you know, there are lots of discussions, you know, uh, that, that they have a substantially better model running internally inside of open AI than what we, the public are currently, uh, interacting with. Uh, but what I wonder, here's, here's, here's my theory. I, my theory is that they've, they've kind of hit the wall. Uh, they're hitting the limitations of this current architecture, this current infrastructure. And the reason potentially that the board was upset is that Sam's like, I, I, I've hit the end. Like I, we are at the end of the road. Um, so another point, there's a couple, I'm going to give you two points to further support this, this uh, conspiracy theory of mine. All right. Uh, point number one, it's well known. And this is believed to be part of the reason that the board ousted him. Sam went out and started trying to raise a ton of money to start a semiconductor company to build chips to train models. And right now What's he's trillions? raising three trillion, three trillion dollars. Yeah. Why? Potentially why? Because he can't. We've maxed out what we can do with what we have right now. The amount of, uh, of horsepower, training power to make significant advances. Like we're just not we're not going to do it. Like it'll get a tiny little bit better. It'll be smarter. A little bit smarter. I can't tell you anything new that it'll do. Just trust me, it's a little bit smarter. Fact number two, I don't know if you saw this, but this week, Andre Kaparthi, who is one of the co-founders of OpenAI, he was like the head of AI at Tesla before that. I believe Elon Musk brought him over. But he kind of just up and said, yeah, I'm kind of done. And you know, this is a guy that constantly stays on the forefront of this. And he was at the company that's pushing the forefront. What if, again... Like we we're at the moment where we kind of need to go back to the the drawing board. And I, I've I've laid out my conspiracy theory. What any, any any thoughts? Well, on the Andre side of things, he's one of the absolute brightest stars in the AI space. 
If he's leaving, it's not because he's not being paid well enough. I'm sure any number of dollars that he's asking, he can be given. Um, it's got to be something else. Is it that he also no longer believes in the underlying architecture? Is it that he wants to pursue research along other lines? Some people are really hoping maybe he's coming to open source. Maybe he's going to wind up with the Mistral folks or uh, or Meta. You know, work on Llama 3, Llama 4, anything. I mean, the, the sky's the limit for him. I don't think he's going to leave the AI space, but it's a question of why did he leave? And right, then you start getting into all kinds of reasons why GPT-5 might not necessarily be a ton better. Uh, we've seen context windows increasing, which means that a longer conversation can be considered when writing out the next response by these things. We've seen improvements in reasoning and logic and, and math and uh, with retrieval augmented generation, being able to pull in lots of actual text from documents, from books, from whatever, to use those as seeds for the responses that are coming out and as context. I think that we're coming out of the infancy of LLMs and there's going to be a bit of a stagnation here. Everything will continue to improve. And as there's more VRAM available on the, the latest and greatest uh, GPUs, we're going to continue to see both local models and the biggest ones improve. But I also think that we're going to have to start looking at other architectures. You mentioned maybe that's where we're starting to uh, run out of room for improvement. Transformers are a fairly mature architecture. There are some other ones like Mamba. I've heard plenty in that space People looking into it saying this is the next big thing. This isn't the next big thing. Maybe it's part of the next big thing. Maybe something else is going to show up. Um, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, it, maybe GPT-5 is going to be more incremental than everyone thought, but probably pretty multimodal too. The stagnation argument's kind of interesting um, because, so one thing that's been true about the AI industry as of late is that the, I mean, the rate of innovation, how fast it's changing, it's just incredible. Um, we've never seen it before, maybe, maybe not, but it's really fast. It's really, really fast. And if, so if we are basically, you know, we're hitting the fast forward button on, on time here, does that also mean then that we will come to the moment of stagnation where we've discovered this, you know, local maxima and have to try to figure our way out of it even faster than you would expect? We wouldn't expect to hit in a, a normal product lifecycle, hit a stagnation this early. But maybe this is different. When the star is burning twice as bright, it's going to burn out twice as fast, to use kind of an old metaphor. But uh, maybe by everybody being super interested in this space and throwing everything that they can at it, a lot of companies throwing money at it, you know, VCs and otherwise, uh, maybe the space is explored a lot faster. You know, the map can be filled in quicker if there are more people exploring. I do think that the Andre potentially going to open source is another very valid theory uh, because famously OpenAI is not very open. Right. Um, but that wasn't always the case. When they found the company, it was a nonprofit meant to be incredibly open. And indeed, their first models were entirely open source. But that has gone away completely. And there's certainly a very... Uh, well, I'm not going to comment on whether there's anything wrong with a very capitalist-driven company. So it is, it's very plausible to suggest that one of the founders wants to get back to those roots, um, especially as that is an industry that is also just really exploding, the whole open-source community around these technologies, very quickly approaching what is the current leading performance of GPT-4. Again, GPT-5, as we just learned from Sam, is going to be smarter. So we'll have to reassess 
when we see it. I think everyone agrees that later this year, we're going to achieve GPT-4 in the open source community. That seems to be a, a consensus. I hope so. And we can already get GPT-4 levels of quality on very specific subtasks. Maybe at a certain point, you have enough subtasks where each of those becomes a layer that you put on top of something like your Llama 2, for example, or a Mistral 7 billion or, or whatever it ends up being, something open. And you can just cycle through them depending on what you need for any given time. I'm there. I'm ready. I, um, I was thinking that... So I tend to buy laptops with relatively small hard drives. Just because eh, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to store a bunch of movies on it. And I think like tradition right. is like, well, why do you buy a big hard drive? Because I'm going to store a bunch of movies or games. Like I just don't need a giant hard drive. But my next laptop, I was thinking, I want a giant hard drive. And why do I want it? I want to store a whole bunch of LLMs on my computer that I can run locally. And so that wherever I am, I have all of, I have all of this knowledge available to me that I can query right. and help me think about things. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a little random. Well, you're going to need some RAM in there, too. Speaking of random access memory. Ha. It's a good one. And uh, yes, that is true. But they're also becoming better and better at uh, figuring out creative ways of running them without massive, massive um, RAM. We're seeing better using up more space. And we're seeing same in smaller space. And uh, eventually, you know, these are all going to be GPT-4 locally running on your phone. Uh, but in the meantime... Hopefully GPT-5 is a little smarter. A little smarter. All right. I think we've uh, we've hit it for this week, but uh, we'll be back next week with even more, better, smarter. It'll be smarter next week. <laughs> more self-aware. Come back uh, to be a little bit smarter and a little more self-aware. Until uh, next time, uh, I am Hunter Powers. and I'm Daniel Bishop. All right. Peace. See you in the metaverse.